Gumby, I am so juiced up right now. It is UFC 202 Fight Week. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. Represent, homie, what's up? Where you at, George? That's his brother, but I just think of it whenever I think of a Diaz. And you know what I was thinking? If you're at home this Saturday watching UFC 202, maybe you put a lot of money on the fight, you've gambled a little bit too much, something doesn't go your way, what are you going to want to do? You're going to want to smash your face into a wall or window, and what's going to protect your chompers when you do that? Sisu mouthguards. Tell them about it, Gumby. Sisu mouthguards are the most breathable, lightweight mouthguard on the market. So if you are smashing your head into a wall after losing loads of money on these fights, uh, you'll still be able to talk to people afterwards when they ask you whether or not you're feeling okay. Head on over to SISUGuard.com. Get yourself the mouthguard that's right for your activity or sport or face smashing on a Saturday night. Sisu mouthguard brings you episode, what episode are we up to? This is episode 32. How did I not know that? Episode 32 of Top Turtle MMA is brought to you by Sisu Mouthguards. Conor McGregor! We are rolling. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast. Thank you so much for getting us in your eardrums. I am David Tremonti, joined as always by the co-editor of MMA-Manifesto. Are you ever going to pull a coup d'etat and try to take over full editorship no, of them? No, I don't think so. Jeff Fox, is uh, he's one of the best in the biz, so we would never try to, uh, to kick him out. He does way too much for... Uh for me to want his job respect i didn't mean to start like a tj dillashaw you're right favorite drama there just kind of popped into my head we of course are available on TuneIn, stitcher soundcloud itunes head on over to the mothership mma-manifesto.com the aforementioned click on the podcast tab it's where we live we have a library that will be 32 episodes deep by the time this drops you of course can catch us on twitter Top Turtle MMA, at Top Turtle MMA. Gumby, tell them about the Facebook page. You can check us out on Facebook if you add to Top Turtle MMA. Make sure you give our page a like. You can get special parlay picks only on our Facebook page. Can't get them anywhere else, so make sure you head on over there and hit the like button. All right, it is UFC 196 Part 2. That doesn't mean it's UFC 197. It just means it's Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz Part 2. Here we are, four or five months later. Are you ready? Are you ready for the hype? Are I, you Are you pumped? I, I'm sort of getting more pumped now. I think I looked at the card probably, I think it was like two weeks ago, maybe less than two weeks ago, and I think seeing the undercard pumped me up. Because, like, you know, obviously we've heard enough about this fight to be, you know, sufficiently pumped up as much as you're going to get or as little as you're going to get. Uh, I think finally the other fights have pumped me up. Absolutely. It is a stacked card, and they uh, they didn't shortchange us, even though they knew they had the killer main event to bring in the buys. We, of course, will break down the card. Gumby will give you his picks. Uh, we'll give you some prop bets that we like. But we'll react to a little bit of news first, and it's also worth mentioning, we got Randy Brown on the show, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, looking for a fight star, Randy Brown, you have one and one in the UFC in the 170 division. You're going to want to check out that interview. All right, so we'll start with this. John Jones went on his Instagram and said <laughs> he's going to see us soon, he'll be back shortly, and it was then promptly deleted, and I guess legal action was threatened against every major website. Everyone took it down. What did you make of John Jones' late-night Instagram post? Uh, I, I think it's just one more example of his judgment being super poor. Somebody told him, you know, good news of any sort, uh, and he reacted in like a visceral way, which just seems to be what he does. He gets like really excited really quick no matter what you tell him. So like, I, I don't know. This was, I, I think it's a bad publicity move 
Can it's a I bad ha- legal move. Can I ask you an honest question? Yeah. Put on your analyst hat for a second. Yeah. Was he coked up when he made that? Oh post? God! I mean, I won't. I, I won't speculate because you know, obviously he's had some issues in the past, and hopefully those are sorted out as well. But you—that's certainly not an out of the blue question to ask when it's late at night and he drops an Instagram post that seems to say that all of his legal troubles are gone. So I'm excited by it, to be honest with you. I don't think he was coked up. I, I mean, I, I like to believe that, but I've my heart has been broken by John Jones before. I, I think it would be great if he could prove some sort of innocence, tainted supplement, what have you. I don't want to lose John Jones for two years. Sue me. Yeah, I, I don't want to lose him for two years either. Uh, I mean, obviously, if he's guilty, I hope he goes away for at least two years because I think that that's what's right for the sport. But uh, yeah, if if... It would make me happier if he was innocent in all of this. So let's just say he gets a Tim Dirty Bird, me- Tim Dirty Bird means special six-month suspension due to a tainted supplement. Can I just paint a picture for you, uh, if you will let me? He fought uh, Daniel Cormier January 2015, and if he gets a six-month suspension retroactive from UFC 202, that would put us in line for January 2017, two years from the date. Cormier Jones too. Who's not buying that? Yeah, I would buy it, but I don't. I don't think this is a six month guy. Uh, I'm, I mean, there's too much that could go wrong. I, I mean, I want to hope it. I want to hope it really bad. But did, I, I, I mean, we broke it down last week. Estrogen blockers in a tainted supplement. Yeah, that's the, an uphill where, legal battle. Where, where the hell are you getting estrogen blockers? I've never accidentally taken estrogen blockers. Not yeah. once. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hey, we know that the supplement industry is a, yeah. a dirty world and there is no FDA approval. Can I talk about something I want to talk about? Sure. All right. <laughs> so I have a conspiracy theory, Eddie Bravo style. <laughs> Something's going on with two new UFC champions. Eddie Alvarez and Tyron Woodley, their entire careers up to winning belts in the past two months, were two of the more boring people to talk about drama-wise, you know, just went about their job workmanlike. Brought a lunch pail to work, just went to work, quiet, humble. I liked them, yeah. you know? They were boring. Yeah, These, exciting in the ring. Exciting in the ring, not saying anything about their fighting style. These two have become champions, and they've developed personalities. Woodley's playing the heel, trying to make matchmaker, going against what Dana White's saying, how he wants him to fight Wonderboy. Woodley's being bu- booking his own fights. Eddie Alvarez is being funny as heck, talking shit about Connor, talking shit about Nate. He's booking his own fights, He's too. booking his own fights. Genius stuff. Do they go to the same PR firm? Do they have the same marketing specialist? Is the UFC giving fighters gimmick coaching all of a sudden? Is you know, this like pro wrestling? You know who I think you're leaving off there, too? Is I don't think you're giving uh, Michael Bisping enough credit in there, too. Because, I mean, he was a little bit more vocal ahead of time. But since he's become champion, he seems like he's doing a lot of his own booking, too. He, I expected... I, I'm with you, but I expected that from Michael Bisping. True. He's had a personality. Alvarez and Woodley, it's shocking. It's They've like, really where quiet. did this personality come from? They're getting coached. Is Chael Sonnen doing fighter coaching on the down low? <laughs> I, I don't think so. But I, he's the master I, at it. I, I think, you know, what Woodley is doing trying to find the big money fight and what Alvarez is doing makes a lot of sense for them, but it, it it leaves a bad taste in my mouth personally because, like, you know, you have some of these champions, people like, you know, Dominic Cruz who hasn't lost in freaking six years or something like that. You have champs like, you know, uh, Mighty Mouse who has never lost at Flyway. You have, you know, guys who've been around these divisions for a really long time and been champs for a really long time could be calling for these crazy fights and aren't. And then you got these guys who like won 
that nobody expected to win. And before they even defend, they want to call their shots. They want to be the Conor McGregor. They want to be the guy who goes up a weight class and fights somebody else or fights somebody off a retirement. And, and I just hate it. I, I, I can't stand it. Well, I think if we look back and, you know, obviously the fight game prize fighting it's all about that big money fight we know that the squeaky wheel usually gets the oil in mma but i do have to say i think what happened with nate diaz in december of last year when he beat michael johnson and just went on that epic fuck filled rant in the post fight calling out conor mcgregor and then he got conor mcgregor and now all of a sudden he goes from a 40 and 40 guy to a guy who made seven figures for the last fight Obviously, people took notice because yeah. Tyron Woodley's like, fuck Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, give me GSP or Nick Diaz. Eddie Alvarez is like, fuck Habib, give me Connor or Nate. I, yeah. Smart. It's it's funny to me, too, that uh, I, I do honestly think that Alvarez is going to get his wish. You think he's going to get the winner of Nate Connor? I think whoever wins is getting it because there's a couple of good reasons. Number one, if Nate wins, okay, he's beaten Connor twice. It's time to cash in on the Nate Diaz payday, right? Like it's time for the UFC to get whatever they can out of him before he loses again. If Connor wins and you let him fight Alvarez and he beats Alvarez, imagine the trilogy fight against Nate. Against Nate. Defending against Nate. Defending against Nate. It. I mean, that's. The most money fight the UFC has ever had. Take my money now. It's funny to me, though. Alvarez is getting his wish, and immediately the UFC told Tyrone Woodley to go fuck himself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, they might have some sort of plan for George. Uh, I, I think George Nick is, is all but lined up. That, okay, yeah, that, that's yeah. my opinion. Both of those guys are coming back right about now. It, it makes more sense to give GSP a fight that's big money than, than uh, running him against a title guy. All right, well, let's transition now to our UFC 202 breakdown. You mentioned that you think the winner of Nate versus Connor will get Eddie Alvarez and the 155-pound title shot. So let's take it from here. Nate Diaz, the uh, Stockton zone, the most outspoken man in the UFC right now, is coming off the biggest win of his career. He choked out Connor McGregor in the second round of their UFC 196 fight back in March. Before that, he beat Michael Johnson via unanimous decision. Looked great doing it in December of 2015. Go back a year prior, though, and he just got the shit beaten out of him by RDA, who ended up going on uh, to win the title a few months later. That was December of 2014. So Nate Diaz is 2-1 in his last three. Conor McGregor is coming off the worst loss of his career to Nate Diaz uh, back in March. Before that, he knocked out the long-reigning featherweight champ, Jose Aldo, uh, in, what was it, um, 13 seconds back in December of 2015, and he beat Chad Mendez via KO in the second round of their UFC 189 contest. So he is 2-1 and one in his last three. I have uh, some strong opinions on this fight. I'll kick it to you first. Who you got? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Conor McGregor on this one. Whoa! And, yep, I know, completely shocking. But here's why. Uh, you know, I, I do think he is one of, if not the most impressive 
pure athlete in the the UFC right now from a from an athletic standpoint from the way he moves from the way he strikes I think he's one of the best athletes and I think now that he is more focused because I do believe that he was under focus the first time going in I think he's going to go in with a much smarter game plan now that he has to respect Nate Diaz's boxing and I think what you're going to see from him this time is a lot of side to side movement and just him trying to make Nate Diaz miss a lot I think that a lot of people are going to be surprised but I Imagine that this fight goes the distance. Either way, I'm calling that this fight goes to the distance. Um, be, just because I th- I think that he's going to have so much respect for him, he's going to stay out of that range, and he's only going to look for the big shot if it shows up. Very interesting. Well, just to give you the odds, McGregor, the minus 130 favorite, which I think is way more about just the fact that so many people are betting on him. Yeah, you know that, how these lines go. And Nate Diaz, the plus 110 underdog, which just seems insane after watching their first fight. Yeah, after watching their first fight, it's crazy to think that he could be a dog. But you're 100% right. It's all about where people are laying money. And people lay money on Conor McGregor. Yeah, so this is the way I look at it. And I go back and forth in my head. Um, When I look at Conor, I think about who wants to be a millionaire. Have you seen that game show? Yeah, I, I, like long ass time ago, back when it was just starting. And like, so on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you got I think it was three lifelines: phone a friend, ask the audience, and something else I can't remember. I view fifty Con- fifty. Was that yeah fifty fifty? Thank you. Uh, they, I call that the Ryan Hall. That were, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I view Conor McGregor as having two lifelines in this fight. One is that Celtic cross left that ends fights at 145. That's a lifeline. And two is his spinning shit. He threw a lot of spinning shit in the first fight that did nothing. He said it drained his energy. I think there was like one time, and I mean one time, where he threw like a left hand. Nate circled back to his left to avoid it. And Connor timed the most perfect spinning shit and hit him with a kick to the gut. Other than that, he threw like eight spinning kicks and nothing landed. Mm-hmm. But I think the spinning kick is, you know, exciting when timed right. So I view that as his two lifelines. He needs to time when he throws those. He can't just come out like he did in the first fight and throw the power left and the spinning shit and tire himself out in under two rounds. So I agree with you. I see this going in my mind, round four, round five, and he can't use that loaded up left lifeline until late in the fight. I agree. That's, That's the way I'm looking at it. Now, that being said, I just don't know if he could get past Nate's range and how good a boxer Nate is. I think if this goes to decision, we're going to have the most annoying, just every half the crowd and half the MMA world is going to be annoyed by the judge's decision. Like we I, bet be it, I bet it winds up being a split, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll go on record oh. saying I see this going split decision. I, so I guess my final prediction is I am with you. It's Connor by decision, but is it Nate by decision? I don't know. I'm not a... You know, I'm not a professional uh, analyst. Go fuck yourself. I, I, I will, don't know. I don't know. I this is too tough this, to call. I will throw this out here. What do you think? And, and I had a, a buddy mention this to me before. What do you think the odds are that Connor comes out and tries to wrestle him? Hello? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So hear me out on this one. Connor's wrestling's better than you guys think it is, right? Connor out wrestled Max Holloway for three rounds with a torn ACL. He can wrestle if he wants to. He's completely a- able to wrestle. Do you think he can't sit in Nate's guard and defend himself and win late in rounds? Say it's say it's a close first round. 45 seconds to go. He shoots a double. You don't think he could sit on top for 40 seconds? 
I mean, is he gonna get Nate down though? Like, I, I mean, I think he could. Is Nate's takedown defense that impressive? I'm going to fight metric as we speak. I mean, one thing I did think was can Connor use more leg kicks because we know Diaz has been vulnerable oh, yeah. he, to that. He, he's like pretty much gone on record saying he'll never check the leg kick. <laughs> so I could, you know, I could see maybe Connor instituting more of that. So. You know, Michael Johnson scored a takedown against Diaz. RDA scored two. Gray Maynard uh, scored one. Obviously, that was a quick fight. Josh Thompson scored one. Ben Henderson took him down eight times in a five-round fight. Jim Miller scored one. Zero for Cerrone. Zero for Gomi. Rory McDonald, this was at 170, scored seven. So, Dong Young so, Kim scored three. So, so he's pretty... I mean, I'm not going to say he's easy to take down, but it's perfectly possible for somebody to put him on his back and let him sit there for a while. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not shooting it down. I did also want to mention, so Gumby and myself are both heavy on this going to decision. Um, Diaz wins by unanimous decision. You can get good odds at plus 1125. Um, sorry, that was McGregor. McGregor wins by unanimous decision plus 1125. Diaz wins by unanimous decision plus 1050. If you want to go the split skis route, McGregor plus 1235 by split decision. Diaz plus 1850 by split decision. That might be my big prop bet for the weekend. So if you look at those, you could put 10 bucks on all of them. And if it goes to the cards, you're still going to double your money. Yeah. Well, you're going to... I mean, you're going to do more than... Yeah, you're going to get times 10. Well, I mean, you get times 10 if you win, but you will have bet $40. Right. Oh, because you you will have bet 10 on... Yeah, 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 if I drop 10 on each of them, I'm at least going to double my money and win 50 bucks. Right. All right. Too much math for me. Let's move on to the next (laughs) fight. Um, But you, you have Gumby with a definitive... Connor by decision. Yeah. You have Dave with a tentative, tentative <laughs> someone by decision. I hate making fight predictions. All right, here we go. I am, leaves it to me. I am so juiced up for this fucking fight. And I think here's another conspiracy theory. Why is this not a main event on some other card? I think it's because, and I'm talking about Glover Teixeira versus Rashad Evans, or sorry, versus Anthony Johnson. I think it's because the UFC wants Anthony Johnson to win, and Anthony Johnson has a better chance of winning in a three-round fight than having Glover uh, drag him into deep waters of a four- or five-round fight. So you just basically got my uh, analyzation on this, but we'll put it to you like this. Glover Teixeira is on a three-fight win streak. Since losing back-to-back John Jones and Phil Davis, Davis, a tough 2014. He's come back with a vengeance. Uh, submitted Ovin St. Pru, knocked out Patrick Cummins, knocked out Rashad Evans back in April. Uh, he has looked great, and I also want to go on record as saying I believe that Glover has a better chance of dethroning Daniel Cormier than Anthony Johnson. I am going heavy on Glover here. Johnson, on the other hand, is coming off just a brutal knockout of Ryan Bader, showed a great sprawl in that fight, knocked out Jimmy Manoa before that. Lost to the uh, the champion, Daniel Cormier. Uh, this was when John Jones got in some legal trouble. Stop me if you've ever heard that before. Um, so he is two and one. It is his last three it is Anthony Johnson. Who you got, Gumby? Uh, you know, I, I hear what you're saying about Glover Teixeira. I think he might even be a better matchup for Daniel Cormier. I, I'm just having a really tough time figuring out how he beats Anthony Johnson in a three-round fight. I mean, like, you know, you're right. If this was a championship fight, he could take him into deep waters. That's great. But can he do enough damage in three rounds without putting himself at risk for one of the best right hands in MMA right now? I mean, this is a guy who's knocked out a couple of heavyweights with that right hand. 
uh, and used to fight at 170, so figure that one out. But, you know, Anthony Johnson is absolutely a killer with that right hand. I don't see Glover taking him down, and I don't see him wearing him out. So I'm going to go with Rumble by knockout here. Wow, going with Rumble via fireworks. I'm going to go with Glover via... You know, I could see Glover knocking him out too, and you could get some crazy odds on that. Seven um, to one, I think it is right yeah, now. Yeah, seven to one. So I like that as a prop bet. Uh, but you know, I could see Glover with a decision. I could see him grinding him up against the cage, kind of thing. I mean, Rumble's tough to take down, man. Like you know, only Cormier really did it in his six fights back from the UFC. No one's been able to take him down. Ask Ryan Bader how a power double goes against uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Yeah, it didn't go well. Yeah, did not go well. Um, so final prediction, Gumby, you have Rumble KO via KO, and I have Glover via three round decision. If you want to lay some money on this, Anthony Johnson right now the minus two ten favorite, Glover the plus one seventy five dog. We move now, almost tough to forget that Donald Cowboy Cerrone is on this fight card. He's fighting Rick, the horror story. Great nickname. Cerrone has looked good at 170. Uh, he is coming off a win over Patrick Cote via TKO in the third round back in June. Beat the other cowboy, the Brazilian cowboy, Alex Oliveira back in February. Lost to RDA in a 155-pound title fight in December of 2015. So he is 2 and one in his last three. Rick Story, so happy he is back. He beat Tarek Safadine uh, via unanimous decision in May. Beat Gunnar Nelson all the way back in October of 2014. He was off due to injury for all of 2015. And beat Leonardo Mafra before that back in July of 2014. So he is on a three-fight win streak. Who you got? Here's the surprise pick of the day for Gumby. I'm going with Rick Story. Whoa. Yeah, and here's why I'm going with Rick Story. First of all, Rick Story, uh, you know, big underdog in this fight, but has done historically well as an underdog. There has been three or four times where he's been a two or three to one underdog and still won, including a win, people forget, against Johnny fucking Hendricks. This is a man who outworked Johnny Hendricks. He outworked Tiago Alves. He outworked Gunnar Nelson. This is the first time Donald Cerrone at 170 pounds is going to fight somebody who's as physical as him and will bring the fight to him. You know, Patrick Cote, physical guy, but not the kind of guy who's going to bring the fight to him. Alex Oliveira, the kind of guy who's going to bring the fight to him, but not super physical. So this is the first time he's going to fight somebody who he's going to have to fend off. And he's a bigger, stronger wrestling type guy who loves putting people up against the cage. And I don't see that ending well for Cowboy Cerrone. So convincing was that argument. I'm not even going to add anything to it. Cowboy Cerrone, the minus 165 favorite. Rick Story, the plus 145 dog. I like that. I would throw it in a parlay if that's going to be your one dog and you go with two favorites. Uh, we'll move on. You have Lim Hien Gyu. Did I pronounce that right? I think he did, but you might not have. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, and he'll be fighting Mike Perry. Lim Hien Gyu uh, is a South Korean. He's 31 years old, and he's coming off a loss to Neil Magny. Beat Takanori Sato before that with elbows via TKO and lost to Tarek Safadine before that. Uh, so he is one 
and two in his last three. Uh, do you know much about Mike Perry? I don't know much about Mike Perry. He's uh, I, I know he's making his UFC debut, and I believe he's filling in for somebody as well. Yeah, correct. And he's six and zero as a pro, making his UFC debut. They don't even have a photo of him yet. That's how raw this guy is. But he's from Florida, and uh, he fights with Team Sparta. If you know who they are. Uh, I don't know much about Team Sparta, but I will say that when I look at this fight, uh, you know, Lim is just the kind of guy who hasn't really gotten much respect because he is one and two in the UFC. But losses to Neil Magny and Tarek Savadine are like, you know, very, very much uh, quality losses. Not, nothing to be ashamed of here, folks. No, nothing to be ashamed of. And if you have seen that fight with him and Tarek Savadine, instant classic, like one of the best fights I had seen in a while. I mean, I think it was up for fight of the year even. Um, he was absolutely phenomenal in that fight. And, you know, some people said, you know, he was like a couple of kicks or punches or maybe a takedown away from winning that fight. So for a guy who's just as good as Tarek Safadine, this Mike Perry guy would have to be very impressive to step in and beat somebody like Lim. Well, Lim is the minus 270 uh, favorite for a reason. Mike Perry, a plus 230 dog, making his debut. Kicking off the pay-per-view, we have Sabah Hamasi. Did I say that right? You did, Sabah Hamasi. All right, very good, very good. Also making his UFC debut, coming out of Titan. Uh, he's on a three-fight win streak, two wins in Titan, one in Absolute Fighting Championship, and he has a tall task in front of him. He's fighting Tim, the Dirty Bird means friend of the show, Fresh off what I will call a bullshit USADA suspension. Uh, he took a tainted supplement. He has the proof. They still suspended him anyway for whatever reason they have. Something in the rules. But he is not guilty, folks. Uh, and he proved that. He's coming off a win over John Howard via KO back in December. Lost to Matt Brown before that via submission. And beat George Sullivan before that. That was in April of 2015. The loss to Matt Brown was July of 2015. He is 2-1 and one in his last three. Who you got, Gumby? Friend of the show. So, obviously, we always go with the friend of the show here, Tim Means. But We're such homers. We, we are homers in this case. But in this case, it's well warranted. I mean, Means got dynamite in his hands. You saw that when he knocked out John Howard. Hamasi's coming out of American Top Team in Florida. He's very good, but he's taking this fight on short notice. I found this fight way more intriguing when this was Sean Strickland versus Tim Means. For me, this is Tim Means all day. He's going to use his superior range. He's really lanky. He's really long and he's just going to peck away at Sabah Hamasi. Has Tim Means ever done the Dirty Bird dance that the Atlanta Falcons used to do? I don't do? know. Thank God he hasn't. Oh, I think. I gonna, <laughs> someone should convince him to do that. All right. Well, that rounds out the main card. You heard it here. Gumby uh, has Tim Means all day, every day, the minus 440 favorite. You could get Hamasi as a plus 350 dog. We're going to take a break now from breaking down UFC 202. We got a chance to catch up with uh, Randy Rudeboy Brown. He, of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, is an alumni of the Looking for a Fight show, which just got picked up by Netflix, by yeah, the way. it's 16 episodes, including eight of them internationally. Too, Has anyone is... ever gotten to the bottom of Nick the Tooth's disappearance from that show? Is this uh, like internet rumors that he was kicked off? Did I, they... I think they just finally, I think when they're going to make a switch to Netflix, they need a bit more knowledgeable guy. Dean, Dean Thomas is one of the most knowledgeable he's guys awesome. in all of MMA. He's funny as hell, too. Yeah, I like both of them, yeah, but I, for different reasons. Yeah, I've got no problems with Nick the Tooth, but I, I think they were trying to find a guy who was like a a little bit more of an MMA 
homestay, so to speak. Well, speaking of Dean Thomas, he has trained at New England Submission Fighting. And guess what? New England Submission Fighting is mine and Gumby's home gym. And they also just coincidentally happen to be a sponsor of this show. New England Submission Fighting brings you our interview with Randy Brown. Check him out at AmherstMMA.com. Class of six days a week. No gi jiu-jitsu is the specialty. Come on down if you're in the area. It's a badass gym. New England Submission Fighting brings you our interview with Randy Rudeboy Brown. We are talking with Randy the Rude Boy Brown, who fights Eric Montano at Ultimate Fight Night 94 in Hildalgo, Texas, on September 17th. So, Randy, uh, let's kick right into it. Uh, coming off that looking for a fight show, uh, some of the other fighters who have been signed off of that have said there was a lot of extra pressure to perform, kind of being, uh, you know, the UFC brass's darling, so to speak. Did you feel any extra pressure when you were coming off that show? Uh, the, the extra pressure question, huh? Um, yep, right away. <laughs> right away. Um, nah, man. Everyone keeps asking me the same thing over and over and over. Um, I have the same pressures that everyone else has, man. I have the same pressures that, of course, you want to perform in front of your family and your friends, and you want to want to do well. You know, you want to succeed. That's the only pressures I really have. Um, nothing, nothing to do with the show or anything like that. You know. Cool. So, um, and, and we've also heard, so maybe we're giving you the same question again, but we've also heard from a lot of the guys off of that show that uh, there was like this weird limbo in between uh, when, you know, you saw Dana White at your local show and when you got the call for the UFC. Was there that weird limbo for you as well? Um, no, for me, Dana, Dana didn't, didn't tell me that, that he, I was going to be on the show or anything like that. You know, it was more like a, it was more that I was in the UFC. It was more like um, I'm interested and uh, we'll be in touch. And then he was just in touch with me. You know, so I wasn't really in a weird spot because I just he just told me he was going to be in touch. So I kind of waited until that happened. Got you. And, you know, maybe you've gotten this question before, maybe you haven't. Obviously, looking for a fight, it's, it's a new promotional vehicle for the UFC for up-and-coming fighters. Is it better to come up through looking for a fight now, or would it be better to come up through the Ultimate Fighter? Um, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. For me, you know, I, I can't speak on the Ultimate Fighter because I've never really been through the process. You know, I mean, I see it on TV. You know, but from what I hear, you get you get stuck in a weird contract. I don't know if that's good or bad. I just know it's not. You know, I, just, I honestly, I'd rather just be called up for the UFC, you know, like, all right, your time's now, and you got to fight on such and such date, you know, that I've always thought that was, that was better, you know, but I can't speak on Ultimate Fighter, really, because I don't really know too much about it. True. So, uh, one of the, the people who could say something about the Ultimate Fighter is your opponent for this upcoming fight, Eric Montano. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Eric Montano, a uh, little bit more of a submission guy, uh, something that, you you know, you're a little bit more... Uh, seen as a striker, where do you see this fight taking place, and what are you doing to prepare for him? Um, this fight, I see this fight taking place a lot of places. You know, I, I see it, I see it on the ground. I may see it up top. Um, but the thing that I like about him is that he's not a he's not a punk man. He's not he's not afraid to to throw down. You know, and I I, I like that. You know, I like guys that come and they come with that pressure. You know, and they want to really push forward. I think I do a lot better with those guys that are really aggressive and swinging for the fences. I like that, you know. So um, I think I think he's going to come forward and he's going to try to throw down and put pressure. And um, I see I'm just going to be touching and going, man. I'm going to use my footwork and just sharp lines and just get him out of there. Hopefully, in the either one or two. 
Um, I've been, as far as preparation, I've been doing everything that I always do, you know, I'm just trying to stay well-rounded, you know. I've um, been doing a lot of grappling, you know, ever since my last fight. Um, yeah, just, just being well-rounded and ready to go, you know. For me, I'm not really, I don't really think about the opponent too much. I just kind of just get ready. I just know I have a fight coming up. I know what I have to do, and I always know if I do what I do, and I do what I do well, I know that, I know that you know, I'll be successful. So that's pretty much where I'm at. And we noticed that with doing some Twitter stalking of you, you've been training at Henzo's, correct? Is that primarily for the grappling? Are you training at all with John Danaher, or is it more the MMA side of Henzo's? Um, a little bit of both, you know. Mostly, mostly John Danaher and the grappling. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sticking around those guys with the heel hooks and all that. You know, so I'm trying to really just just dwell in that dwell in that world a little bit. You know, but um. Yeah, you know, it's more more John Donaher. Occasionally, I'm there with the MMA guys, you know, but mostly mostly just the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, in other words, if someone were to go place a wild prop bet on Randy Brown by heel hook win, uh, might not be the worst bet since you've been training with John Donaher. I mean, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I'd say so. You know, I just know that I'm comfortable wherever the fight takes place, and um, you know, it's it's, it's a great matchup for me and, and, uh, and I'm really excited to just put on a show and show people what I'm really about because people still haven't really you know seen what who I am at people are still kind of looking like well is he the real deal or what it was going on you know so you know we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes and, and just just get ready for, for uh, a beautiful fight you know a beautiful fight and an impressive victory on my side yeah and uh so you know, talking a little bit uh, future now, not that you're overlooking Eric Montano, but, uh, you know, you were born in the Northeast. Uh, obviously, you lived in Jamaica for a while, uh, but now New York has kind of sort of become your pseudo home. Uh, how badly would you want a spot on that Madison Square Garden show uh, should you get through Eric Montano unscathed? Oh, man, I would love that so much. I did a show last night, actually, and I spoke about that. Um I'm telling you, if I get this, this W as, as quickly as I, I know I can get it, you know, I'll, I'm going to get, I'll get on that mic and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll make a case for it. You know, I definitely will get on that mic and make a case for it because I would love to fight in NYC, you know. Um, I think, I think I could definitely help, help pack that place out. You know, I mean, I'm right here. You know, I train, I train at Hensel Gracie Academy, which is down the street. Literally, I can come out to the academy and look at them for a garden, you know, so. I think that'll be that'll be amazing, you know, and hopefully hopefully we get that going. You know, I just gotta do what I gotta do on, on September seventeenth, you know. Absolutely. And is there uh there any name on the, the list there that you're gonna wanna call out in order to get that spot on the show? Because, you know, we just saw Dennis Bermudez call out Frankie Edgar, we've seen other people call out people for that show. Is there anybody you're thinking of uh with a big name? Um you know, last someone also asked me that the other day and and for me it's kinda like where I'm at right now. Well, you have to earn that, you know. Like, calling someone out, I feel like you have to earn that. So um, I'm not coming off of a, a W or anything like that. So I'm not going to call anyone out. I'm just going to just, whatever they feel to match me up with, you know, I'm ready for anybody, anytime. So I'm just like, I'm just, like I always say, I'm just I'm just after this W or, or you know, or whatever, you know, I'm just going to back to the drawing board and I'm just going to sit in my cave in the dungeons and I'm just sharpen my blade and just prepare myself for whatever comes out that door, you know, so... You know, whatever. I'll just I want to fight on the card, and I'll just let them know that I'm I'm ready to fight anybody on that card. You know, so no one in particular. It's just as long as I can get on the card, you know, and someone that I can just get get to do my work. You know, 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, very well said by Randy Brown. We can't thank you enough for the time, Randy. We wish you the best of luck against Eric Montano and being Northeast guys and myself being a New York City guy. I do hope you get on that show. Uh, I think that would be awesome. If you can get through unscathed and do the quick turnaround for MSG, that would be awesome. So thank you so much for the time, Randy, and best of luck in the fight. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, there you have it, Gumby. Randy, Rude Boy Brown. And you can tack him on as just one more name who's begging to get on that MSG Everyone card. Everyone wants to be on the MSG card, but he has more of a reason because he, he's from the area. He does have more of a reason, but I will say, uh, I think slowly as we interview these people, I'm realizing how many people have ties to that area, the upper New Jersey, New York you know, Massachusetts, Connecticut area, yeah. and, and, and you're going to run out of room on that show at one point in time. Sarah Longo, and then the Ricardo Almeidas of the world, yep. people who've come up through them, Kurt Pellegrino, and yeah, stuff Yeah, he's like got that. some guys down there, George Sullivan's out of that gym. You know what I love about MMA fighters? They're so brutally honest. I love when we were just asking Randy Brown questions, and he's like, I already heard that before. Yeah, 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 I've, yeah I've, I've gotten that I've heard question. that fucking question. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Um, all right, let's go through this. Uh, shotgun style, speed style, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the prelims are on Fox Sports 1. It's headlined by Cody Nolov Garbrandt. He's going to be fighting Takeya Mizugaki. Garbrandt has uh, made it known he wants to get through this unscathed and get on the uh, UFC 203 Cleveland show because he's actually from there. And you actually heard uh, recently, or you've had... Uh, I believe Dominic Cruz has now kind of bought into Cody Garbrandt as a challenger because he was talking some ish on him, as the kids say, um, and that could be a potential title fight here. I, I think you have to, if if you're Dominic Cruz, you have to be into him because I think you're running out of fights that are going to sell unless you're just talking about Dillashaw at this point, right? Like, There's not a lot. I mean, the the winner of Dotson Lineker could yeah, be in a... which is headlining that card in uh, Portland, Oregon. Right. Yeah. So who you got here, though, uh, is this like an afterthought that Garbrandt's just going to get through Mizugaki? Uh, you know, I th I think Mizugaki's probably got some pretty phenomenal odds here. And, you know, it could be said that, like, you know, who's tried to wrestle Garbrandt? And if you look at Mizugaki's style, he's really suffocating and he can give some people some trouble on the ground. So, uh, you know, Garbrandt's obviously got a little bit of a wrestling background. The, the alpha male guys, they wrestle all the time. So I think in the end, he probably fends them off. But this is a lot closer than the odds suggest. Well, the odds are quite far apart. You have Garbrandt, the minus 600 favorite, and Mizugaki, the plus 450 dog. So you're completely right. You could get Four and a half is, is good good yeah. odds there for Mizugaki. So you like him as a dog, but your official but I, prediction. I, I would say Garbrandt's probably going to knock him out. We move on to women's bantamweight. It's Raquel Pennington taking on Elizabeth Phillips. I've always liked Raquel Pennington. She's scrappy. Who you got here? I'm going with that scrappy Pennington. Rocky is such a beast. Uh, you know, her chokes are good. I love the bulldog choke at Ashley Evans-Smith. Absolutely awesome. Uh, she's fun to watch, and I think she wins here, probably by uh, submission, too. Rocky Pennington, the minus 260 favorite, and Elizabeth Phillips, the plus 220 dog. Am I wrong in saying that Rocky Pennington is also from Cleveland and would probably want to get on this show? I think she used to train out of the same gym as Stipe. I could be wrong, but that, that might be true as well. Let's have the uh, the intern look that up. Okay, we'll and, get back to uh, it. We'll get back to it. So uh, we move on. You have this is an awesome fight, Gumby. Artem Lobov out of SBG Ireland is fighting Chris Avila out of uh, Nate and Nick's gym. Uh, so it's very, basically their two proteges digging it out. So cool. Uh, 
Artem, obviously coming off the Ultimate Fighter, lost in the finale, has not had the greatest of UFC's career, UFC careers here so far. Uh, is he not 0-2? Uh, let me have the intern look that up. Who you got here? I'm going with Artem, actually. Uh, one of the things I've noticed watching Chris Avila is one of the things he, he does is he's he keeps his hands kind of low when he's moving forward. And, and say what you will about Artem's career, right? I'm pretty sure career is what, like 11 and 12? He's like one of the few guys in the UFC with a losing record. You're dead on it, homie. He's 11 and 12, and he's 0 and 2 in the UFC. Yeah, but you know what I will say about him is he can put somebody away. If you watched him on The Ultimate Fighter, the dude could put just about anybody away. Uh, and, you know, people might be complaining he's only in the UFC because he's got, you know, Connor's pat on the back. But this Avila guy walks up to him with his, his hands down. He's going to get flagged. And where have you – you've seen uh, Avila. He's making his UFC debut, but you've seen the highlights of him? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of, like, local promotions and some uh, some highlight films of him. But, you know, he, he throws hard, but he throws hard with his hands down. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I think Pennington must have been out of uh, going back here a step. She might have been with Stipe for a hot minute, but she's out of uh, Colorado now. She's with Altitude MMA. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm conflating her with someone else. Oh, maybe Jessica I. Oh, that's Jessica uh... Uh, I'm an asshole. All right, whatever. Sorry, Rocky. Um, so as far as odds go, Artem, the minus 115 favorite. Chris Avila, the minus 105 dog. Your final prediction is Artem via KO yeah. because uh, Avila, you feel, keeps his hands down too low. But if yep. he's like a Nick and Nate style boxer, man, I mean, maybe he'll outbox Artem. I, I, mean, I haven't seen any highlights. Don't I'm get just... me wrong. Is I do think he's got some of that style, only he's less safe in the way that he moves his head. Because the one thing you'll notice about Nate and Nick is they move their head a lot and they protect themselves with good head movement not the same here yeah and shoulder rolls and everything all right absolutely we'll move on women's strawweight you have randa marcos uh who i i like as a fighter fading facing courtney casey what are you thinking here i I like marcos's wrestling i think she's one of the better wrestlers in that division super super underrated as far as that goes casey's good with submissions but she's not going to get marcos off her back uh marcos the minus 140 favorite courtney casey the plus 120 dog now headlining so that was the fs1 prelims uh, moving over to the Fight Pass prelims, it's headlined, and this is just an awesome fight. Lorenz Larkin versus Neil Magny. Lorenz Larkin, no easy day in the park. Such a hard hitter. Magny, such a plucky underdog, coming off the big win over Hector Lombard. Who you got here, Gumby? I, I think I'm going to go with Magny on this one, and, and it's partially because I, I think he's just one of those guys who I've been wrong about so many times. Uh, Larkin is definitely the type of guy who can outstrike him, but Magny's more well-rounded. He could get this to the ground. So you're going with Magny via well-roundedness. Yeah. Uh, he's the minus 140 favorite. Lorenz Larkin, the plus 120 dog. Sticking on the fight past prelims, you have Colby Covington facing Max Griffin. Who you got here? So Max Griffin, a new guy. Colby Covington does not deserve a newbie. Uh, this is a guy who's only, I'm pretty sure, only got one loss in the UFC, and he's looked super, super impressive in the UFC. So I- I'm going to go with him. Uh, probably by uh, submission. You're going with Colby Covington by submission over a guy making his debut, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got, you know, one, two, I got it up right here in front of me, three submissions and five UFC fights. Yeah, his only loss to Warley Alves via submission. And and Warley Alves Alves is is a beast. Yeah, and he's got a decision win over Mike Pyle. Um. Okay, so that's fair. And you have uh, Colby, who's the minus 345 favorite, to Max Griffin, the plus 285 dog. No argument here. Uh, we'll round this out. 
You have Alberta Uda versus Marvin Vittori kicking off the whole show. Middleweight contest. I dare you to tell us anything about these guys. Oh, so Yuda uh, is an awesome Muay Thai guy. He was just in a uh, his UFC debut. I can't remember who beat him, but he was in a killer uh, clinch game. And finally, the other guy landed a knockout blow, which was kind of kind of sucked because he was looking really good. Marvin Vittori is one of those guys off that Venator show in Italy. He's an Italian guy, but he fights. The one where Paul Harris got knocked out? The one where Paul Harris got knocked out, and it seemed to be the payday for like three or four guys who all got signed right away. He's also a Kings MMA guy. Um, He lost to Jake Collier, by the way. Jake Collier, yeah. Him and Jake Collier were really throwing down. Uda, you mean. Uda, yes, Uda. Because Vittori's making his debut. Um, But yeah, Uda was in a killer out with uh, Collier before Collier knocked him out. Uh, Vittori, like I said, he's a Kings MMA guy. A uh, lot of raw talent. Very, very young. I think he's 22 or 23 years old. So a uh, lot of upside with him. And I'm going to go with him because I'm just done doubting Kings MMA after Jake Ellenberger's display against Matt Brown. I mean, they just get people so ready. V- uh, Vittori is 22 years old, yes. so you're right on it. Out of the product out of Italy. So you're going with... Vittori. Officially. And Vittori, the minus 170 uh, favorite. You get Uda as a plus 150 dog. That wraps up 202. So exciting. We finally get to uh, Connor Nate Part 2. I'm going to be happy when we could kind of put the Nate Connor hype behind us for a little bit. If Connor <laughs> wins and we get a trilogy... It's only for a little bit. It's only for a little bit, but at least let us take a break. Maybe he goes and defends against Jose Aldo, win or lose, or maybe Eddie Alvarez to what we were saying at the top of the show. We cannot thank you enough for your listenership. Uh, Give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. It goes a long way. Give us a follow on Twitter, at TopTurtleMMA. And if you want to email the show, we're accepting both love and hate mail, TopTurtleMMA at gmail.com. I am David Tremonti. He is Daniel Gumby-Vreeland. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy UFC 202, Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor.